Welcome to Passion Life Church. Good morning. We're so glad that you're here. And today, whether you're here and you're single and, you know, you're um, married or remarried, or maybe you're here today and you're raising a traditional family, um, or maybe you're raising someone else's kids and you're in a blended family. All of us, I think, can come from different backgrounds. And uh, when we say that word family, it means different things because of how we grew up. But I will tell you this, however, no matter how you grew up or what stage of life that you're in, I think we all have something that we want God to do in our families. And what we want to do in the series is we want to close that gap, this gap that exists between the ideal family that we all dream about, that we all love, and the real family that we all live in every single week. But as we begin today and embark on this journey, and let me just say it is going to be a process. Everybody say that with me. Say process. Why six weeks? Because it's a process. Now, here's what we want. We want to undo 20 years of dysfunction in 20 minutes. And here's what I've learned a lot, especially as Christians. We don't like process. We just want a quick fix, right? Put my problem in the microwave for a minute, have it come out, and I am ready to go. Phil, lay your hands on me. I will fall out, get up, and I, I don't even have to come back to the rest of the series. No, 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 no. It's a process. And sometimes we want to fix something in 20 minutes that took 20 years in our lives to develop. Come on, can you say a good amen today? And so as we start, and I'm going to say this every week because I think it's so important. Today and throughout this series, especially today though, I don't want you to listen for your spouse. I want you to listen for you, right? Especially, let's just, I just want to preface this a little bit, right? So today, I want you to try to just keep your head forward instead of going like this. Because <laughs> why? We're listening for us. Because here's what happens a lot of times, especially in this series, right? And maybe even today, you brought some people, you're like, my husband really needs to hear this. But can I just say, in love, so do you. So, so do you. And so I want us to listen for ourselves instead of pointing the finger at other people. Because how many of you remember when you point one finger at other people, there's three pointing back at you. And then the thumb, I guess, is always neutral. Right? And so what I have learned is that when you get better, your relationships get better. There's one common denominator in every one of your relationships. And guess who it is? It's you. And you take you wherever you go. And wherever you are, there you are. And sometimes when we look at our relationships and we can start to see patterns and we start to point the other finger, one of the common denominators in that relationships or those relationships is you. And so it's important today that we say, Lord, what do you want to do in me? So let's look at our theme scripture today, Proverbs chapter 24, verse 3 and 4. This is going to be our theme scripture. It says this, through wisdom, everybody say wisdom. Through wisdom, a house is built, and by understanding, it is established. By knowledge, the rooms are filled with precious and pleasant Riches. Now, what is wisdom? Because it mentions wisdom, it mentions knowledge, it mentions understanding. A lot of times in the Bible, you'll see this used interchangeably. What is wisdom? Wisdom is the skill to apply knowledge. 
right? Somebody had the knowledge of this auditorium, but then what happened? They had to hire an engineer that would have the wisdom to draw out the plans and have the skill to build it. So the skill is to apply the knowledge. Let me say this, knowledge, we could say knowledge is facts. Knowledge is truth. And so those with wisdom know which principle to apply in the context of different areas in their life. And so what is understanding? Understanding is the ability to translate meaning. So we're going to talk about wisdom in relationships. We're also going to talk about understanding. You know, the Bible talks a lot about getting understanding. That's the meaning of why I'm doing what I'm doing. Why I'm getting married. Why are you getting married? Oh, i got to get married. My biological clock is ticking, Pastor Phil. Well, is that the meaning and why we're doing what we're doing? I'm just so lonely. I need to get married. Well, I'm going to pray for that other person that marries you. Because if, they're not, if you're not marrying them because you love them and because you're lonely, come on, I'm already preaching somebody, right? But we need to get understanding. What is God's purpose in family since he created? What was God's purpose in marriage? Because here's what I found. If we look at why he created it, then maybe it will help us define and have better relationships. So understanding establishes our house, the meaning. And then there's knowledge. That's the facts, the truth. And the Bible says that that fills the room of the house. There was a great preacher years and years ago. His name was Charles Spurgeon, and he talked about wisdom. And look at this quote. He said this, Wisdom is the right use of knowledge. To know is not to be wise. Many men know a great deal, and all are greater fools for it. But there is no fool so great a fool as a knowing fool. But to know how to use knowledge is to have wisdom. I meet many people as a pastor who say they know. Oh, I know. I know. And a lot of us know about relationships But what we need is the wisdom to apply what we know in certain aspects of our lives, in our marriage, with our kids. And so what I've done today, today I've entitled part one, Blind Spots. And what we're going to talk about specifically is how giving and receiving feedback is essential for great relationships. Everybody say that with me. Say Blind Spots. Well, I talked to my dad this week and... uh, Growing up, I never knew my real dad, and so I was adopted. And uh, I'll tell you a little bit more about that story, but the, the guy who raised me, I call my dad. His name's Jorge. It's not George. It's Jorge, right? Because he grew up in Guanajuato, Jalisco, right? Mexico, right? We don't say Mexico. We say Mexico, right? You don't say I love you. We say te amo. Thank you. Some of you wonder if we speak in tongues at this church. I just did. And I was talking to him this week about he had this old Chevy 1972 pickup that he taught me to drive in. And I was talking to him and I said, hey, I remember that. And, and uh, I remember when I was a teenager. And he says, yeah, you were a teenager. You were very young. And I said, what do you mean very young? He's like, yeah, I started you even before you had your permit. And I was like, dad, I don't know if I should say that, but it's the truth. And I was probably 14 years old and it was a stick shift. And so he was teaching me how to drive. And, you know, I, I could just remember we, we started with the clutch and we would try to go. And he's like, come on. And he taught me, hey, listen, when you drive, you got to look and you got to adjust your rear view mirror. You got to look 
look at the outside and you got to look at your, your side mirrors and adjust them. But he said, there's something that we, you need to be careful about. Even though you have the mirrors, you have blind spots. You have blind spots. And the blind spots are the areas around the truck that you can't see. And sometimes people sit or can be in those blind spots. And so I remember that. And I, we all know that as we drive. But I was on the 15 this week and, and just driving the truck. And I looked in my right mirror. I looked in my left mirror. Looked in the rear view mirror. Looked over my shoulder. How many of you know driving? So you got to look. You, all that's happening in a second. And I looked over and there was nobody there. So I made my way over to the left-hand lane, and all of a sudden I heard, Hark! now what was that honk? That honk is feedback. Stay in your lane. And I appreciated the honk because I didn't appreciate that he was telling me with his finger that I was number one, but I appreciated the honk because the honk was feedback. And what happens if he didn't honk, here's what can happen in our blind spots. In our blind spots, not only can I have an accident that could endanger someone else, but in my blind spots, I can have an accident that hurts me. And what, one thing I know about blind spots is that it doesn't just happen in the car. We have blind spots. We have blind spots in our personality. We have blind spots um, that we don't see. And as a matter of fact, I can have blind spots about myself. And see, if we're totally honest, we would have to admit that there's so much about us, about me, that no matter how self-aware you are, there is a lot about you that you don't see. I put it like this in my notes. There's a lot about me I don't see. See, you don't know how you come across to other people. You don't know when you're being annoying You don't know when you look mad sometimes. You don't know. But here's the reality. You don't know what you don't know. That's why feedback is so important. And you know the Bible even bears this out. In life, you and I, we see in part. Listen to this. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 9 says this. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. I love prophecy. As a matter of fact, as we move forward as a church, we're going to be bringing in some guest speakers. And we have one guy who, man, he just love him and love how he flows in the gifts and he prophesied. He prophesied over Val and I that our church would grow to over 500 people and that Passion Life Church would be an oasis for people. And he said some specific things and we were so blessed but you know what he didn't tell us everything because you know why he sees in part all of us see in part and this is what it says for we know in part and we prophesy in part but when that which is perfect who's that Jesus has come then he will that which is in part will be done away this is why relationships are so vital and I believe that there's a reason why we see in part we see in part because God wants us to be a part of relationships you see in part so other people see in part so when you come together we can help each other and here's the cool thing. God doesn't just leave us like that, just even with relationships. He gives us, and here's the great news, his Holy Spirit. You know, in John chapter 14, verse 26, it says this, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, look at these words, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance the things 
that I have said to you. Now, notice what the Holy Spirit will do. And we're going to touch on the Holy Spirit. We're going to do a whole series this year on the Holy Spirit. Really excited about that. This is one of the things that he does. He's our helper. Now, watch this. But he also will teach us all things. But there's an implication here. The implication is that if he's going to teach me all things, that means i got to be teachable. See, notice I got one amen on being teachable. I knew. I prayed this week. It's going to be, it's going to, we're, we're going to break through. We're going to break through. If the Holy Spirit is going to teach me, that means there's an implication that I have got to be teachable. And again, please look forward. Please look at me. How many of you know people who aren't teachable? Look at me. Don't look. Right? So there's this, it implies that I'm willing to be taught. And here's the reality. You know people that, and I know people, and guess what? Their unwillingness to be taught, their unwillingness to be taught is their biggest blind spot. And yet there's feedback all around them. And today and throughout the series, you're going to hear my experiences. Because I was like this a lot, especially growing up. I had a lot of things going on in my life. But see, here's the reality. Our tendency is to criticize everybody else, pull out their shortcomings and pull out their faults. But yet the Bible says before we try to help anybody else, it's got to start with you. It's got to start with you. See, it's a great prayer. God, change the world. Isn't that a great prayer? Change the world needs to be changed. Great prayer, right? But who prays this? God, change me. Because here's what happens. Sometimes we want other people in our lives to do things that we're not willing to do ourselves. We want other people to change. You change, but now I ain't going to change. And look what the Bible says. Jesus was actually addressing this in Luke chapter 6, verse 41. He says, and why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye? But do you not perceive the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, brother, let me remove the speck in your eye when you yourself do not see the plank that is in your own eye? Oh, here's this word. Ooh, we don't like this word. Hypocrite. The reason why I said that is that's how it is in the Bible. There's an exclamation point. So I was told, and there's an exclamation point. That's, here we it. Now look, it's going to help us. Look, watch. First, remove the plank from somebody else's eyes. Is that what it says? What does it say? First, remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck that is in your brother's eye. So just to help me illustrate this, would you guys give Ben a great round of applause? I'm going to ask Ben to come on, come on up. Ben is our, is our, our drummer. And uh, I was a little curious, I was a little, um, I had some thoughts about using Ben for this illustration. And the reason why is because, as you can see, Ben looks like Jesus, okay? So he's got, he's got the, the, the cool colored eyes, the beard, right, and, and the great hair. And, um, and so Ben is amazing, love Ben. But let's just say today, for today's purposes, he doesn't look like Jesus, right? Ben's got some issues, right? Ben has got a speck in his eye. Thank you, Ben. Can you put on the specs? Thanks. So give Ben a great round of applause. Great looking guy. Are you single, Ben? Okay, just for the podcast too, because people listen to this. Now, here's the reality with Ben. 
Ben's got a speck in his eye, like many of us do. And I see Ben, but the problem with me, like the Bible says, is that I have a plank in my eye, right? So here's the plank that's in my eye, right? And what the Bible is trying to say is that before I help him or as I look at him, I have to deal with this. Now, why do I have to deal with this plank in my eye? And I'm going to tell you why. Because my perspective on Ben is skewed because of how I see. Now, this plank can be my pride. This plank, this plank can be hurt. This plank can be a whole lot of things that have been... There's, this can be a whole lot of things that are in my life. And so what happens is, here I am. Hey, what's up, Ben? How you doing, man? Good to see you. Bro, bro, bro. It's good to see you, man. Man, you know, you know we just, I've just been, you know, I've been thinking about your character, man. And, and you, you know, man, you, you just, you need to change, bro. You know, you got this. <laughs> Don't touch me, man. My plank can be rejection. My plank can be anger. Right? Just think about rejection for a minute. Right? So I'm like, I'm just walking by, and I see Ben. <laughs> ben didn't say hi to me. And how would I really know that? I, because my perspective is really off. Sometimes in life, you know, we see through our heart, really. We see through what's going on inside of us. And how can I try to help him with his issues, with his specs, when I got probably more going on in my life than he does? Now, check this out. Come on over here. The Bible doesn't say that I'm not supposed to help Ben. But the Bible says that I have to look at me first before I help him. Because maybe the way I see him is wrong. And maybe the way I see him is wrong because of my vision is blocked. And my vision is blocked because I didn't grow up right. Because my dad wasn't in the picture. I grew up and things were, I had anger. My dad had anger, so I had anger. So I got this big speck. And so when I look at him, I, I, I'm angry already. And, you know, maybe it is that he has a speck and maybe it isn't. But maybe it's just the way that I see it. And see, a lot of times in relationships, this will affect every relationship of your life. A plank will affect your marriage, your friendship. Listen to this. You, this plank will affect how I raise my kids. And what the Bible is saying that plank-eyed people don't have the right perspective. Now, I've never had pink eye, but I've had plank eye. Come on, is this good this morning? Right? I'm glad you're clapping because you don't know what I'm going to say next. So I think this is interesting because here's my buddy that I want to help. But the Bible uses plank and the Bible uses speck. Do you know that plank and specks are both made out of the same material, which is wood? And oftentimes what I see in other people is something that's in me too. It's in me too. But I thought it was so interesting that the Bible says plank and specks are made out of wood because there's something else that was made out of wood, and it's called the cross. And the cross was where Jesus died so you and I could have forgiveness and we could deal and say, God, help me deal with my plank so I can go over and help my brother in love and say, hey, man, you know, there's something wrong with your eye. And help him in his area. 
but I want to see how God sees, not just the way that I see. Because you know what? I have blind spots. Thanks. Come on, give Ben a good round of applause. You know what I found amazing, and see if you can maybe relate with this. It's interesting that those two are both made out of the same material. And so there could be something that I see in him that actually is in me. And I, I find this kind of funny because um, do you ever know someone who's, who's mean? Like they're, they're mean, right? And, and th this is their plank. And you know what's funny? They are the mean police now too. They're always calling everybody out on how mean they are. And yet this is like me calling out everybody who's mean and I am mean. It's funny, I had this aunt that I loved. It's a great aunt, really. And um, she, she's passed away. When I was a physical therapist assistant in, in New Jersey, I grew up in New Jersey and lived there. And, uh, and I used to work at um, Jersey Shore Medical Center. And as a physical therapy assistant, uh, little did I know that I would marry a physical therapist. And I'm still a physical therapist assistant. <laughs> My wife's a therapist. God was training me. And I'd work 13-hour days because I, I live uh, 50, 45 minutes away. So on Mondays, I would work a 13-hour day. Every other day was usually just about eight hours. But on that day, my aunt, my great aunt, lived maybe 10 minutes from there. So she would allow me to spend the night. But here's what I knew when I spent the night. She was going to talk to me. And she was going to talk to me for about an hour every time that I'm there. Right, which is fine. I love her. She'd make great food. She wouldn't ask me about myself, but she would talk, and she would talk. She's probably up there talking to Jesus right now. That's probably why some of your prayers haven't been answered because she's she won't let Jesus get into word edgewise. But and she would talk and talk and and how many of you know as you get older you start repeating the same stories over and over again. And so what was interesting about this is that as she would talk to me, you know the one type of person that my aunt didn't like was people who talked a lot. And she would tell me, she would talk and talk and talk, and she said, and that person, oh my gosh, can they talk? And I'm sitting there going, why is it that we're so easy to point out things in other people and we can't see the plank that's in our own eye? Because it's made of the same material. And so this is why it's so important that as we come to this series, we listen for ourselves because some of us have planks and we don't see it, but other people see it. And yet there's feedback all around us. And let's just be honest. It's hard sometimes. It is hard sometimes to self-monitor. It's hard. And you know what I have found? I have found that here's what we do. We accuse people of their behavior, but yet we excuse our own behavior. We accuse and excuse, accuse and excuse, accuse and excuse. And you know what's funny and it's interesting to me is that people will notice the change in your attitude towards them, but they won't notice their behavior that made you change because they accuse and then they excuse their behavior. And listen, I understand in a series like this, there are some of us who've been really hurt and you have every right to point out the truth. And I get it, and I'm not condoning anything that anyone's ever done to you, but I'm gonna say this. We can't control what happens to us, but we can't control what happens in us. We can't control how long that plank will grow. 
We can. But sometimes we can't monitor what's going on. And so let me ask you this question. Would you befriend you? What is it like to be your friend? Is it demanding? Are you always, do we always have to go to eat where you want to eat? What is it like to be your friend? Let me ask you a question. Would you marry you? What is it like to be your spouse? It's what the Bible calls a selah moment. Selah. Think. Would you marry you? And why not? And see, what happens is sometimes we put all of that Everybody else is wrong, but we don't look inside ourselves. And so this is why feedback, as we give it and we receive it, is so important. And see, feedback is the number one most important tool for personal growth. And having some type of outside sources help us can make us grow. You know, there was an article that was written about a problem that they had in Garden Grove, California, years ago in, in 2003. And what was happening is there were so many motorists and what they were doing is they were speeding. They were speeding through uh, school zones and speeding. And, and so they tried everything. They tried uh, flashing lights, signs. They tried ticketing. None of it worked. But then somebody came up with the idea. And, you know, it's common to us today now. But they came up with this idea of posting a speed display. And they posted the speed display. We see them all the time now. And what the speed display does, what does it do? It tells you how fast you're going. So if in that little orange box it says 25 miles per hour in the school zone, underneath it in that digital speedometer, it'll say you're going 35. It helps you to what? Self-monitor. And essentially what they were doing is they were giving all of the motorists feedback as they came through. Now, Here's what's interesting. All of the drivers already had speedometers in their own cars. But in other words, every single driver in the school zone could self-monitor, but when the feedback came from an outside source, the behavior totally changed. As a matter of fact, it was reduced drastically percentage-wise. Why? Because the feedback from an outside source came to tell them you're going too fast. And isn't it interesting? We all have the speedometer right in front of us. But when an outside source says something, it helps us to see what are blind spots. And so when it comes to feedback, here's the reality. Most of us don't know how to give it. Then we don't know how to give helpful feedback. And what's equally challenging is that most of us don't like to receive it. We don't like to receive it. And now the feedback may be implied sometimes. You know what? The feedback uh, at times can be direct feedback. Sometimes the feedback can be rude feedback. However, have you noticed feedback is everywhere. You take a test. They give you the grade. What is that? Feedback, right? You ask a girl out on a date and she says, I cannot go because I have to wash my hair. Come on. That's feedback. That's feedback. Right? Rolling your eyes is feedback. It's feedback. Pain is feedback. Crossing your arms. Feedback. I can't tell you how many counseling sessions I've done, and the wife's like, my, hu- my husband is angry. I'm not angry. I'm not. I'm not mad. <laughs> arms like this. Could have fooled me. Smiling. It's feedback. 
Can I just tell you, if you smile in here, I preach a lot quicker. I do. We get out earlier. When everybody's smiling, and some of you in this room, you've been with us, and you're like, man, I don't know. He just said that. He said that. You know why I just said that? And you know why I say it again? Because I'm looking out, and sometimes when I say something, this is the feedback I get. So you know what that makes me feel? Like, hey, I got to say it again. Maybe I didn't say it right. So that feedback to me is like, okay. But then when I say something like you are now, like everybody's like smiling. Guess what? I'm like, okay, we're going. And this is feedback too. This is mostly during the offering though. <laughs> got you on that one, huh? You can't be generous with closed hands. I don't understand why God's not doing anything in my finances. Well, look at your arms. You live open-handed. It's funny how we live close-handed, but we want God to live open-handed with us. And he's not dropping anything in your hands because it's closed. Right? It's all feedback. It's feedback. Do you know as a minister, I've been a minister for 20-something years, and 17 of those years, I think, maybe 18 of those was with youth. And I'm growing in my leadership. I'm not a perfect leader, but I used to have people come up and tell me all the time, hey, man, dude, you need to smile. But here's also what I would hear. People don't want to talk to you. Why? I think I'm a nice guy. You are, but you look mad all the time. And so you know what? You need to smile. And I'm like, my mom loves this face. My mom, we got the same nose. And here's another thing. Here's feedback. People think you're conceited. Why, why me? Humble a little me? Yeah, you always look mad. So you look like you don't want to talk to people. And you know what? Listen, they were seeing something that I didn't see in myself. Because I am very, it's very easy for me to get lost in thought. I, I'll walk in a room and I'm, I'm not even there. I'm just not there. I'm, I'm, I'm somewhere else, right? And then in here, right, I got ADHD. I got AT&T, right? I got Sprint and Frontier. And Frontier is really expensive to have. And that's all going on in here. And so when I walk in the room, I look like this. But see, you're seeing my face, and I'm thinking about something else. And you know what it does? It affects our relationships. But how open are you to feedback? Because if you're not, you won't grow. And you know what's interesting? This right here is a big deal when it comes to marriage. It's a big deal when it comes to marriage. And we need to decide in our relationships and families that we're gonna have a healthy culture of feedback. Why? Listen to this. Your unwillingness to accept and give feedback will ensure your inability to achieve growth. This is why people get stuck in their lives. They get stuck. They get stuck in their relationships. I've done counseling where the wife doesn't talk anymore. You know why? Because the husband won't let her. You ask the wife a question, the husband answers. Like, are you a ventriloquist? <laughs> right? And vice versa. The husband doesn't talk anymore either because the wife doesn't want to hear it, and she talks for him. It's like that guy that went to heaven. He went to heaven, and there were two lines waiting to get in. One line, there was a sign, and the sign read this, for men who were dominated by their wives. And the line was infinite. <laughs> infinite line. And then there was this, I mean, huge line. And then there was this other one guy standing in front of another sign. And the sign said this, for men who are not 
dominated by their wife. And so St. Peter goes over there and he's like, hey man, hey, hey, why are you standing in this line? And then the guy said, hey, don't ask me anything. My wife told me to stand here and to shut up and don't ask me any questions. I'll let the Holy Spirit minister that one to you because some of it, there's a lot of feedback right now. And one person dominates the relationship. And you know what? This is how we get stuck because we don't want anybody telling us what to do. And so this morning, I want to just talk about that. How do we give proper feedback and how do we receive it? Then we're going to end with a prayer because I think this is a broader issue than what we're just talking about. How do you give proper feedback? Did you know that and today we're talking about wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. So some of this is going to be very practical. Here's number one. Do you know that there's a when to give feedback? There's a timing to it. Ladies, can I just encourage you? Timing is so important. When your husband walks through the door after an eight, 15-hour day, it's probably not a good idea to give feedback right then. Right? Here's what I would encourage you to do. Have him sit down. Wash his feet and massage him, feed him a good meal, then give him feedback. I thought I'd hear a better amen from the guys, but I realize you're sitting next to your wife. So when you're angry, not a good time to give feedback. Can I just help you with this one? When you're tired, not a good time. There's some times where me and my wife are just like, we're too tired to talk about this. We need to go to bed. Sometimes the best thing you can do is rest. Sometimes the best thing you can do is give it a couple days. The scripture says this, Proverbs chapter 29, verse 20. Do you see a man who is hasty with his words? Hasty means hurried. He's hasty with his words. There's more hope for a fool than for him. Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 17. The words of the wise, listen, heard in quiet. You know what quiet is? Quiet is a win. Quiet moments, right? Kids jumping around you, it's probably not a good time to give some feedback, right? When it's quiet. You know, in counseling, a lot of times we talk about that. Well, hey, why don't you talk about this when you're not arguing? Maybe it makes some more sense. Here's number two. Do you know that we have to know how to give feedback? The Bible is very specific on this. Ephesians chapter four, verse 15, it says, I'm supposed to speak the truth in love, can, let, let's, let's dissect this. Is it truthful first? Are what we even talking about truthful? Because if it's not truthful, we don't need to talk about it. So is it truthful? And then it says, in love. That's the manner. Oh, I just tell people like it is. Well, why don't you read your Bible? Because that's, uh, it's truthful. And they can, oh, hey, ho, 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 ho. I don't sense any love in that. Because love builds people up. Right? Love helps, right? And I'm going to tell you this. The more and longer you get married, it's so easy to disrespect. Love has respect attached to it. And I see a lot of couples that lost respect. And so the way we talk to each other, the Bible says that it has to be in love. Do your best to lift people up. Here's number three. It's all about two who gives the feedback? Now, if you're receiving feedback and you don't respect the giver, it's going to be difficult for you to accept that feedback. But listen, but remember, they have a different perspective than you. They have a different perspective. You know, we get a lot of feedback at the church. Everybody knows how to build the church. Everybody knows how the church is supposed to be. And some of them do because they've been to like 40 of them. 
And you know what? I love feedback. But at the same time, we're Passion Life Church, right? Some people think the music's too loud. Some people think it's too low. Some people don't like the light. Some people, right? The lights are hitting me in the eyes. Hey, I get it. We'll do the best that we can. But at the same time, you know what? We hear perspective. There's a lot of things that we've heard that have helped us to make Passion Life Church better. Now let's talk about receiving feedback. Here's number one. Don't dread it. Crave it. You should crave feedback. You know, it helps us grow. It doesn't, you don't just endure it. You should embrace it. Listen to Proverbs chapter 12, verse 15. It says, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he who heeds counsel is wise. There's another scripture that says, in the multitude of counsel, man, there's wisdom that happens. But I will tell you this, it takes humility. It takes humility to listen to somebody else's perspective. It takes humility. And it takes humility to grow. It takes humility to say, I'm not where I need to be. It takes humility to say, hey, you may have something to say that I need to hear and that I don't know it all. Now, here's number two. This one is big for me and my wife. When it comes to receiving feedback, if you don't understand, people are giving you, here, ask clarifying questions. Let me say that again. Ask clarifying questions like this. Uh, can you help me understand? Now, me and my art, me and my wife, we had disagreements. We, there's things that she sees in me that, you know, she's not, she wants to change. And I see things in her, you know, that, that need to just little things. And, and so there was one thing that we were going through and we were talking about. And she kept telling me, look, this is what I see. And I don't, I, I couldn't understand in that situation. And I asked her this. I said, can you be more specific with me? I, I re- and she got mad. She thought I was being annoying. And then she got it. And she's like, okay, let me do that. And it was funny because we're like role playing. And she's like, how does this look when I do this? And she's, and I saw it. And she said, that's what you did. And you know what? Because I have blind spots, I didn't see that. And thank God I have a wife who's willing to give me loving feedback. You know why? Because she wants us to grow. And, and with her too. Hey, I saw you talking to so Val. My, my wife is an introvert, uh, introvert, introvert. God has done so much in her life. She's in there with kids. She's very, really good with people. But you know, there's a lot of times she's talking to people and she doesn't know that she's doing this, but she doesn't look people in the eye. What's so important is that when we talk that we look people in the eye because it translates to value. If your wife is talking to you and you're like this, you're just giving feedback. And I don't understand how you can be listening when you're doing this. <sighs> right? But when we look at each other in the eyes, it says, I've had to learn to do that. But I was like, love, listen, so-and-so's talking to you, and you're looking down at the floor. My son's doing this too now. He'll talk to me, and he's looking up in the air. And I'm like, Gav, buddy, are you, who, are you seeing angels up there? Because you're talking to me. But see, these are little things. And can I just help us today? Some of us have blind spots when it comes to our kids because we don't see things that other people see. And so many single people in here that you don't have kids, you know this. You will see other people's kids and go, oh my gosh, they are the devil, that little child. (laughs) And then you know what happens? You have your own kids and they're doing the same thing and you're like, that's so cute. (laughs) Guess what? You have a blind spot. 
you have a blind spot. Let me just tell you this, this story just real quick. We have a blind spot. I, had a, I know this. My son was having some problems at school. He didn't want to go to school. Dad, I just want to stay home with you. Why? Just I love you. All right. I love you too, buddy, but let's, let's see what's going on. I went to school, and we went to school, and we talked to the teacher. And you know what's interesting is the teacher, and, and you know, you need to find out what's going on in your kid's life. Sometimes it can be bullying. Sometimes it can be some things that are wrong. And so I went there, but I didn't walk in the door like, hey, what's going on with my time? Right? Hey, let's talk. Hey, I just noticed Gavin was loving to come and just wanted to see. And you know what was interesting is that the teacher pointed out the same things that we were seeing at home. And here's what I said to the teacher. Please do not be easy on my son. Hold him accountable. He's highly intelligent. You know what? This kid, if he's not challenged, he won't grow. And I'm giving you the authority. Don't be easy on him. But see, here's what I've seen in 17 years of youth ministry. A child has a problem at the school, let's remove the child, take him to another school. The child has a problem at that school, let's remove him from that school. And guess what? You're in full four schools now, and guess what? It's not the school. Now, schools can have problems. We can be blind to our own kids. And you know what was happening in my son's life? It was that he was reeling because now he's in the second grade. Kindergarten was fun. Go to school, play. It's all play, right? First grade was a little play, a little work. Now second grade, mm, they got homework. Ah, I don't want to go. And guess what? You know what training kids is all about? Teaching them for life. For life. For life. And I just want to... We'll talk about this a little bit later, but let me just tell you, this is why some kids today can't keep a job. Well, I don't like my boss. So they go to McDonald's, right? I don't like my boss. Then they go work at Burger King. I don't like them too. They're Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A? You got problems at Chick-fil-A? <laughs> they play Christian music. Oh, if you ever notice, it's, it's instrumental, but it's Christian, right? Customer service, my pleasure. You have problems with Chick-fil-A? And now they're at home, they can't find a job, and you think as the parent it's everybody else's fault? So I come back to you, we ask clarifying questions. Tell me more, right? Help me, seek it out. Here's number three. And here's where we're just gonna spend this last closing moments. When we come to feedback, crave it, crave it. Not all feedback is good, but there's some that can really help you. Number two, clarify. Hey, help me understand that. Help, help me, what, why did you see that? Tell me what's going on. Here's number three. And here's where we're going to spend the last part of our time. We need to separate the do from the who. See, if you're telling me about my performance, right? My performance isn't strong. I didn't do good at work. I got an evaluation. My performance isn't strong. I feel like you're criticizing me as a person, which isn't accurate. Now, listen. The best feedback is about what we do, not who we are. So listen, when someone gives us feedback, it's easy to say, oh, you know what? It's not fair. You don't know what I'm going through. You don't know the whole situation. But can I just tell you, we need to stop saying this is just the way I am. Because you know really what you're saying is I know it all and I don't change. And you know what you're also saying? You're stuck. 
And I'm going to say this with all my heart, because now I think I have a little bit of authority to say this now that I'm 46 years old. As you get older, it gets harder. Let me say this. As you're younger, it's harder, because younger people know it all as well. It's always hard. But if you have an attitude of teach me, listen, we need to stop saying this the way I am. We need to be open-minded. And here's what I found. See, the more defensive you are is just an indicator that you need to listen more. Let me try this side. The more defensive you are is more of an indicator that you need to listen. I'm not angry. Right? And usually that's a vulnerable area that you have an opportunity to grow in. And see, what I've learned about feedback is this, is that feedback can be hard to receive. You know why? Because it can trigger a root that's on the inside of us. And here's where we go just a little bit deeper. Usually, usually when someone gives us feedback, did you ever, have you ever been in a situation where you're just talking about one surface thing and all of a sudden everything shifts and you're like, how did we get there when we were talking about this? Because guess what? There's a root and the root determines the fruit. And so sometimes somebody's criticizing something that we've done and now we take that very personal. Now listen, I know. I had a root of rejection in me for years. And it was, I, I had a blind spot. I didn't know I had it. I didn't know until I was in atmospheres like this where the presence of God was flowing and he started to do work in my life. I didn't know that I had a root of rejection when my dad left me. I never met my dad. He left me when my mom was pregnant and I didn't know that that would have an effect on me. I didn't know that that divorce that my parents went through would trigger more of the root of rejection. So you, you're gonna give me feedback? Uh-uh. And so what I thought is every time you would critique something that I did, you were critiquing who I was. You know why? Because it triggered the root that was inside of me. And so it was a blind spot that I had in my life and it affected every one of my relationship because the root always produces the fruit. This is why Ephesians chapter three, verse 17, you still here this morning? It says this, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being, look at that word, rooted, rooted and grounded in love. Rooted means this, embedded. Can you know, when somebody gives you feedback, it's gonna show you what's embedded inside of you. Somebody told me the other day, it's kind of tough to talk with you. And I said, why? And she said, because you're just so confident. And I just said, I had to overcome rejection. And it was hard. But you know what? I can take feedback. It doesn't ruin me anymore. Because I know you're criticizing what I did, not who I am. Because in reality, who I am is rooted and grounded in God. And some of us need to hear this today. He loves you unconditionally. And he wants that to be embedded down deep inside of you. That you are loved unconditionally. Come on, you can give the Lord a good round of applause. 
and let that get down deep inside of you. We don't understand this. Yeah, I may make mistakes, but God still loves me unconditionally. And people don't understand this. God loves the sinner. He hates the sin, right? Yeah, let me let be honest. The sin will hurt you, really. The sin may even get you not into heaven because you don't respond to God. But it doesn't change the fact that he loves you. And that today, as we sang, we are children of God. You know what? That gives me confidence today that I am not rejected, that Jesus was despised and rejected, rejected. He was rejected, so I don't have to be. And you know what? Now I have a father who loves me and approves of me, and he speaks words of life over me that get into me. So listen, it really doesn't bother me that much if you didn't like today's message, because it used to bother me. I used to think that the message, if you didn't like the message, you didn't like me. No, no, you know what I have found? This message is the message of the word of God. You liking it or not has everything to do with your own heart. The Bible says there's four types of soil. One is a hard heart. The word came and they didn't listen. I used to take that personal. People sitting there like this and you know what? They received nothing. And every single soil, the seed was the same. You know what was different was the heart. I had a friend he used to come to our church, and, um, and somebody was inviting her. So she got on YouTube, and she looked up me on YouTube, and she saw a message when I was a youth pastor at Spiky Hair, blonde, and I was at our previous church giving this message and talking, right, in front of thousands of people, and she saw it. And this is what she told me. She says, when I first saw your message, nah, just another message, blah, blah, blah. And she said, you know what was interesting to me? She said, as I started coming to the church, and my heart changed, she said, it was like a year later, I went back and saw the message that you preach. And you know what she told me? She said, it was a great message. What changed? Her heart changed. The message didn't change. It was what was in her heart that was determining what she was seeing. And a lot of times we don't want anybody to say anything because there's a deeper root that's on the inside of us. And what we don't understand is what you believe you will produce. Listen, if you believe you're a jerk, you're going to walk around being a jerk. If you believe you have no value, you're going to walk around and act like you don't have value. If you believe that you are rejected, listen, you will expect rejection. And every feedback that comes into your life, you think people are rejecting you. I did. And here's how it affected me. And I didn't see it. I would get into relationships and things were going good. And I would break up or get out of the relationship because I wanted to reject you before you rejected me. And all that was a blind spot. I'm telling you 46 years and two minutes because God has done such a work in my life. Don't give me feedback, you're rejecting me. No, we have to separate the do from the who. So watch what happened in my life. The very thing I wanted from people, my own behavior kept me from getting it because of what was inside of me. It really wasn't about them. It was about me and how I process things in my relationships. And that root will stay in you if you don't deal with it. And you can go from one marriage to another marriage to another marriage. And the root always produces the same fruit. And you know what? If you have a root of fear, you know what the, the fruit of fear is? Anger. The fruit and the, the root of anger is fear. That's why you see a lot of guys that are angry. You know why? Because they don't walk in faith. 
They walk in fear. And so if you don't deal with the root, you'll be angry. Watch. That root affects your wife's relationship. That root, that root will affect your relationship with your kids. It'll affect your relationship at work. I know people that got fired because of bursts of anger and their wife said they were angry, their friends said they were angry and then they got fired for being angry and you talk to them, they won't admit they're angry. And can I tell you, that doesn't go away just because you change spouses. And see, I think a lot of times what's going on in our kid's life is just a reflection of what's going on in us. This is why you see patterns of people Dad's angry, grandfather was angry, and guess what? Little Sammy's angry too. Because no one dealt with the root. And I'm telling you today that all of us have some blind spots. And if you take care of the root, it will have different fruit. And I want to end with this before I pray. Why is today's message so important? Because as we go into relationships, Jesus said something I think sometimes we look over in Matthew chapter 22, verse 39. This is what he said. You shall love your neighbor as what? As you love yourself. But if I have rejection on the inside of me and I'm rejecting me, how can I accept you? If I'm angry and there's anger on the inside of me, how can I love you? And this is why Jesus said, deal with you first. Because here's our, it may not change all the outside stuff, but it will change how you respond to everything. Because now I don't see the world through rejection. I see the world through God's love. And I'm sorry if it comes off as really confident. That's how I can hug you, knowing that God loves me. Because I can't give to you what I don't have. And so until I have received love, I cannot give you love. And I can only love you to the best that I have been loved by Christ. How you love is just an indicator of how much you believe God loves you. you. Yeah, you can give the Lord a good round of applause. Listen, you can't love others if you don't love you. And the only reason I can love Phil Valdez with all of my mess ups and hurts is because God loves me. Because there were other people. I get it. They saw my planks. They saw, but God still loved me. And today I'm just going to ask if all of you would stand this morning. I'm going to ask the band to come up. Listen, we started five minutes late, so I'm just going to, we're, we're good right on time. But I just want to take these last two or three minutes this morning. Was this good this morning? Is God's word so rich? And it's so good so good. I want you to close your eyes for just a moment. I want you to think about you, not your spouse, not your kids, not what happened. Is ha I want you to think about you. And I want to ask you a question. Is there a root inside there in your heart? Is there a root? Are you always going through the same pattern? anxiety. See, there can be a root of fear on the inside of you. And God wants to deal with the root today. 
We can talk all about change in behavior. We can talk about all and inspect the fruit. But in reality, the fruit doesn't change until we get to the root. Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information about Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com.